I'm Dana Lloyd. Welcome to Soul Sister Conversations, the podcast, where you will be inspired and empowered to connect more deeply with your authentic self as we explore topics of personal development, leadership, and spirituality. Your journey to your most authentic self starts right now. Today, I speak with Diane Wooden, an HR professional skilled at resolving conflict in the workplace. This is such an important conversation because many people have difficulty dealing with conflict. In this episode, we explore what is a healthy relationship, why are we not good at dealing with conflict, and what we can do to help maneuver through a difficult situation. Diane Wooden, welcome to Soul Sister Conversations. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited to have this conversation today because healthy relationships is a topic that affects us all. Um, conflict affects us all. And I'm, I'm curious to find out, you know, what your experience in the workplace and in life about how we can better manage through this. Um, so I, I want to read a little bit uh, of your bio t- so our listeners understand who you are and what your background And Diane Wooden has worked in both human resource management as well as education for many decades. So she is curious about how relationships impact success. She is passionate about helping people connect as she's concluded that healthy relationships are a critical piece of everyone's definition of success. And I would certainly agree with that. How do you define a healthy relationship, Diane? Um, for me, the, the telling uh, feature of a healthy relationship is, is how you deal with conflict. So, and, and conflict, I, you know, my definition of conflict is, is when there is a disagreement or a, dif- a difference of opinion. Mm. So if, if I'm going around the roundabout and um, I think it's my turn to go or, yeah, it, yeah, <laughs> it is, and somebody cuts me off. We obviously have a difference of opinion, and mm. so that, that meets my definition of conflict, but the, the, the thing that we always have to keep in mind with conflict is, is it a mountain or is it a molehill? And if you cut me off once at the roundabout, I'm going to let it go. But if every blessed morning you're cutting me off at the roundabout, then I might, <laughs> I might <laughs> decide that, yeah, we need to talk about this. Might have a problem with that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you do a lot of work in, you know, in the workplace. So how does that show up in the workplace or in life for that matter? But what is your experience when people start getting into disagreements or people not getting along at work? How does that show up? Uh, it is absolutely huge. Um, so as an HR professional, I get, I get phone calls from employers who say, I have a problem employee. And then in discussion with them, um, I discover that, yes, they do have a problem with the employee, but they've never, they've never you know, said anything to the employee right. about um, the disagreement. Um, they actually quite often um, want to terminate the employee. Recently, I uh, did some work in a company where uh, the disagreement had been going on for 15 years. And um, it had now come to the point where the business owner was just fed up and it was impacting <laughs> it was impacting the business in a big enough way that he wanted it to stop. Um, it just, you know, it, it takes me aback that he ignored it for 15 years. And, you know, I kind of concluded that the only reason that um, 
he was willing to, you know, sort of put some effort into getting it stopped was because he had a conversation with one of my clients. And this client of mine said, oh, listen, I know exactly who can help you. You've got to give Diane a call <laughs> and she'll help you with this. So it, um, it, it, it has been concluded and everybody is, you know, living ever, happily ever after. Um, and it, it didn't take a lot of effort um, to resolve the conflict which is kind of sad that you know it caused it caused so much pain um, for for the business for the right. productivity in the business, but also for the individuals. Hmm. And, and that leads me to ask you about you know what role does a leader play in creating healthy relationships at work? Obviously, procrastinating or not addressing it is certainly not a proficient way of going about it. Yeah, and and again, you know, I, I I'm very very interested in leadership development, and I. I haven't seen um, too, too many leadership books or leadership courses or leadership programs that really give um, a solid foundation for conflict resolution or mm. for having difficult conversations. Right. Um, and, and that is, you know, again, in working with um, managers, whether they're in large organizations like the federal government, provincial government, municipal government, or large for-profit organizations, or the small and medium business owners, they do not, um, they don't know how to um, move forward when there's a different difference of opinion. Mm. Um, and so like everybody else in the world, uh, they avoid deny and they hope that it just clears itself. Right. They hope that it'll go away. And, you know, it's kind of like hoping that the good fairies come and, and you know, remove it from my... <laughs> Have you ever seen that work, Diane? <laughs> well, no, I haven't. Although, again, you know, sometimes uh, the, the disagreement is something minor and it is something, um, it's something in a, in a relationship that isn't significant. So the relationship isn't significant. Right. And so um, it does, it does fade from our memory. We do let go or it really wasn't a big deal. Right. Unless it but becomes a recurring problem. Well, exactly. And then, then it is a big deal. And then it is, it does become a mountain. Mm. But we, most of us never grew up in homes where we, we could, um, we could address the conflict. We right. could work through the conflict in a, in a loving, kind way. Right. It was always done when, you know, the straw had broken the camel's back and I was angry and I, you know, now I'm going to address the conflict and I'm going to yell and I'm going to scream. Right. Um, because, because I, I am, I'm, <laughs> I'm wound up enough to do something about the conflict. Right. Um, whereas, um, if I knew how to have that difficult conversation or if I wanted to resolve the conflict, um, in keeping with my values, mm. then I would I would pause, I would breathe, I would get incredibly well prepared, and I would move forward, knowing exactly what I was hoping to accomplish in this conflict resolution. Mm. Yeah, and, and what? Or are the, yeah, I would I would I would say, you know what? I'm not going to resolve this conflict. I'm not going to resolve this conflict because. I don't feel emotionally or physically safe right. with this other person. I have no hope, no hope that I can reach a conclusion. 
uh, you know, a, a successful conclusion for both of us. And so I'm just going to let it go. And I'm not going, you know, and, and I mean that in the true sense. You don't say, oh, well, I'm, I'm going to let that go. No, you actually work on letting it go so that in 30 years time, you, you don't still have that monkey on your back. You don't still have that, that button that if it gets pushed, you go from zero to, you know, 90 miles an hour right. in your in your emotions because you, you really did not let it go. Right. That's so true. Um, you said on your blog, on your website, I was reading some of your, your content and you said, we all have conflict, every one of us. And you ask us how many of those conflicts have you actually worked through to resolution? You know, and I think that's a good point is a lot, a lot of conflicts get started, but they don't actually get resolved. You know, you, you have the spat or the fight or, um, and so it, what you were speaking to letting it go, is that one way that you actually resolve it within yourself? Yes, absolutely. That's always, always an option. And what if that's uh, not an option? Like, what if it's at work and it's actually something that keeps showing up, the person's behaving a certain way? As you indicated, a lot of leaders just go to, I, I just need to get rid of this this problem and, and not actually work through it. You know, how, how then well, do we resolve I, I, through it? I always fall back on the serenity prayer. Mm. So accept the things I can't change. And change the things I can. So if, if I'm in a job where um, I don't I don't have a manager who's supportive, I um, the manager is not you know no one is keeping the manager accountable, and the man the manager the you know the manager uh, because of that manager um, you know the the inmates are running the asylum. Um, and, and it's impacting my happiness. It's impacting my productivity. Um, I, I need to, I need to accept that I can't change this person's behavior. That the person who's sitting beside me, who is yelling at their teenager every day mm -hmm. on the phone, mm -hmm. um, I can't, I can't change that individual no matter how hard I try, it's, it, you know, I, I might have influence, but I cannot change that person. And so I have to change me and, and changing me might mean I get earbuds. Changing me might mean that I'm going to ask to be moved. And if that's not an option, then changing me mm. might be just accepting it, or it might be, I need to find a new job. Right. And, and what if and it had, yeah, go ahead. I've had conversations with, you know, with employees and they're saying, yeah, but, yeah, but, and, I'm, and you know, I like my job or it's well paid or it's a good location or it's this. And I'm saying, <laughs> accept the things you can't change, change the things you can. And, and how can and, you? And letting go is that, you know, is one of those <laughs> options of, of changing. Yeah. And is, is, is truly letting go. And that's one of the things we've talked about in this podcast a lot is, you know, it is that idea of surrender. And boy, that's hard to do at work if someone's bugging you. And, and from a leader's perspective, if you have infighting or people just kind of bickering or can't get along, do you leave it to the people to figure out? Or what role does the leader play in helping to address either whether it's a problem employee or several people that just are having uh, difficulty giving, getting along? What advice would you give to leaders on that? I think one of the most important things that um, a leader can do is hold up the mirror mm. and say, okay, this is what I see and, and remind the employees that um, their individual happiness 
is directly related to their productivity. Their mm. productivity is directly related to the reason the company exists. Mm. And so it's, it, it's from a very business perspective, but it also kind of circling back and, and saying, um, you know, when you're obviously not happy with this aspect of, of your job. And, and personally, I believe that this is, this is impacting your relationships at work. It's impacting your, your health, your physical health, your mental health. And I wouldn't be at all surprised if you don't go home and, you know, kind of kick the dog sort of syndrome right. where, you know, everything, you go home and you dump on your family because you've had a bad day. Mm. Um, or this relationship is, is like the pebble in your shoe. It's bothering you. It's annoying you. It's sucking the energy. It's sucking the joy out of your life. Mm. In even small amounts, yes. um, that, even small amounts is too much. You're right. So as a leader, I would want to say, you know, basically, this is what I'm seeing. Um, this is why it's an issue. This is the impact on, on me. This is the impact on the business. Um, and what can I do to help you resolve this or change this? It's your responsibility. I can, I can help by providing resources. I can help by, um, you know, facilitating, con facilitating conversation. But it's mm. your responsibility because mm. it, it, it does need to stop. It, it needs to stop for a whole variety of reasons. Right. Um, but first and foremost, this is business and it is impacting business. It is impacting the service, the customer service we're providing. Mm. And, and that's one of the things you say on your website. You, you, you put three words together, peace, productivity, and profit. And I thought that was yeah. interesting, peace, because don't we all just want more of that? And the last place we want to do is, you know, we spend... So much of our time at work, it tends to spend more of it with those people than we do with our own families. So wouldn't you want a peaceful environment? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And again, you know, your level of peace is absolutely directly related to your, your mental health. Oh, and, yes. and all of that is absolutely related to your physical health. And, you know, it's, 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 I, you know, so I'm so firmly committed to the notion that when I'm happy, I'm more productive. When I'm happy, um, my, my family, my friends benefit from it. My career benefits from it. My community benefits from it. I just have more energy to give. Mm, so and, and so silly me to think that I'm just, I'm going to ignore that conflict between me and that person who plays a significant role in my life. I'm just going to ignore it. And sometimes, you know, I, I might have convinced myself that I was helpless. <laughs> but you're never helpless. You, never, you know, there's mm. always something you can do to have that conversation, uh, to ask for help with that conversation, or let go. Right. And truly, truly, truly let it go. And I guess it's evaluating how big that, you know, whether it's something that's worth letting go or not, right? If it's a, a bigger issue that's, you know, more damaging to the workplace or if it's just something annoying, right? Well, and that's where, you know, we need to be, <laughs> we need to know ourselves really well. Right. Um, Self-awareness. That, that whole, yeah, that whole self-awareness. So, for example, <laughs> if somebody does something that really pushes my buttons because, you know, as a child, you know, I felt hard done by. Um, I need to be aware that that's why that particular behavior is, is really annoying the heck out of me. Um, 
And also, you know, what what is it about that person's behavior? So one of the things that I've learned, um, one of the ways that I've learned a lot about myself and other people is um, Myers-Briggs personality type indicator. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand what my preferences are and I understand how other people's preferences are actually the opposite to mm-hmm. mine. And so when I get irritated, um, I, you know, of course, feel that irritation, but <laughs> I am used to now, you know, stopping and saying, okay, what is it? What's going on here, Diane? And it's like, right, that person has a preference that is different than mine. And so, um, yeah, that's that's what's annoying me. That's what's irritating me. And once I have that understanding, it's much easier for me to accept it. Mm. Accept the difference and recognize that actually, you know, in this situation, their, their way might be the right way. Um, rather than the wrong way, just because it's different. Right. So knowing yourself is critical. Knowing what your hot buttons are, um, knowing, um, you know, how how where's your stress level? You know, are you sleeping well? Are you eating properly? Are you getting good exercise? Or are you feeling kind of low? And that's the reason why that person's behavior is irritating you. Mm, it's so true because I think. Do, do you not think that a healthy relationship? first begins with yourself, right? Absolutely. Yeah. A healthy relationship with yourself. Right, yeah. And, and so it's getting to know yourself um, so that when somebody says to you, when you did this, that really hurt. And instead of saying, well, hey, I didn't do that, it's right. being open to, oh, my gosh, I didn't realize I was doing that. Oh, I'm sorry. Or... Yeah, you know, I'm trying. I'm trying. I really want. I really want to stop doing that behavior, but it's a struggle because right. you know I've got lots of years of experience doing that behavior. Right. And, and um, so yes, the self awareness is critical. Because I'm thinking, like you know, I think the reason why people don't like to enter conflict is really the reaction they're going to get. Right. They get themselves worked up about how the other person is going to react. And often we're, mm-hmm. we're acting from our ego. So uh, I don't know if you, if you know the um, author, Susan Scott. She's the author of Fierce Conversations. And she always says there's a conversation out there with your name on it. So there's those things that are, you know, things that are bugging you, th- you know, things that you need to, uh, conversations you need to have with people. And so if there's a conversation that you know you need to have with someone, and it might actually create a disagreement or a conflict, what would you say from the person who has to bring it up, you know, what, what, what is a way that you should bring that up so that it's, you're right, you know, you're not going to be explosive or act out of your uh, emotions and derail the whole thing. So what, what would you advise someone who has to bring up a difficult thing? So maybe it's a leader, maybe it's someone in the workplace. What's the point of entry? (laughs) I would say be incredibly well well prepared. Give lots of thought. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the techniques that I use when I'm working with people is um, I get them to describe their current situation. So I help them do some critical thinking, okay. which will help them, A, decide if they want to resolve the conflict or they want to let it go, and then, B, give them an opportunity to, to decide um, – what they're willing to commit to in order to resolve the conflict. Mm. So one of the, the um, methodologies I use is I ask them four questions. 
Uh, the first question is, you know, tell me about your current situation, you know, in terms of this conflict. And while they're just while they're telling me their story, I'm drawing a picture of what they're saying. Mm. And this works really, really well because for starters, I have to listen really closely so I can draw the picture. Right. And when we have to tell somebody else our story, um, and that person is, is asking good questions, we don't tend to um, vent. And the listener doesn't tend to provide advice. They just listen. And then what happened? You know, just asking good questions so they get the whole picture. Mm. The next, so the whole um, me drawing the picture uh, is really, really helpful for the storyteller to feel listened to. Mm. And for them to present their story in a, in a more fair way. Mm. So instead of saying, you know, that person was an absolute jerk, um, they should never have done that. Um, as, as the listener, I could say, you know, tell me more about that. Or why do you, you know, tell me, tell me why you think that. Um, but I, I even find that that when I'm using this with, with people, people hesitate to kind of dial back the, um, just the, the irrational comments, the comments right. that, you know, the hurtful comments, the exaggerations. Mm-hmm. Anyway, right. so what's your current situation is the first question. The next question is, what's your desired outcome? Yeah. And again, in the heat of the moment, um, if somebody asked me that, I'd say, you know, I want to hurt. I am so hurt myself. I want to hurt them back. Right. But in the calm of, you know, in, in the bright, sunny daylight, and I'm cool, calm, and collected, I have my serenity, I have my peace, I might say, oh, you know, I want to preserve this relationship at any cost. Like, this relationship is really, really important to me. Mm. And in the heat of the moment, I've for, totally forgotten that. I just, you know, I want my revenge. But I, in, in the, you know, when, when I think about my values, it's like, no, this is really important to me. I want to work on this. Mm. The third question is about what, what are the barriers? What are the barriers that are, are stopping you from getting what you want? And, you know, I, if I was going to be honest, I would say, well, I'm, I'm kind of afraid to broach the subject as I'm afraid they're going to, I'm going to make things worse. Right. I'm afraid that they're going to accuse me of something that, you know, maybe maybe I have done. I'm afraid they're going to make me mad. I'm afraid they might not be safe with me right. because I might lose it. Right. Um, so again, uh, you know, I'm drawing, you're telling your story. The fourth question is, um, so what are you, what are you willing to commit to? And so that's that's when um, the, the the storyteller has to say, okay, I'm I'm willing to commit to starting the difficult conversation. I'm willing to figure out how I'm going to have that conversation. Right. So on and so forth. And then the next thing, once they say no, I you know this is this is a significant relationship. This is this is a disagreement. I want to get through it. I value this this relationship. Then what, what my recommendation is, sit down, pen and paper, and start figuring out a way that you can start the conversation. Mm. Like, hey, so-and-so, you know, 
have you got five minutes or have you got 10 minutes or can I talk to you about something that's been bothering me? Like what is a comfortable way for your mouth to get out that message right. that you want to talk to the other person and, and you want their, you know, you want their time, you want their attention. You mean no harm. You're coming in peace. They're safe with you mm. and you're trusting that you're going to be safe with them. Now, do you and find that generally you, goes well? Do, do you yeah. find you, when it, people come at it in a calm uh, way, oh, it would yeah. seem that it would diffuse it, uh, but people get offended easily and, and and they take it maybe perhaps the wrong way or they're not hearing exactly what you're saying. Um, you know, what? I guess you've seen this translate when you, you take a much more calmer approach going in. That you get better results, Absol obviously. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. And again, it's it's um, you know it's recognizing that there is a time and a place, mm. and and you know and you have to manage that. You know, there's nothing worse than somebody saying, "Oh, um, yeah, I need to talk to you. Uh, come to my office in five hours' time." <laughs> And, you know, the whole five hours, you think, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, you know, what have I done? What have I you know, am I getting fired? Yeah. So you want, you know, you want to be respectful right. of, of how you're, you're communicating mm -hmm. anything because you don't want to do the more damage. And, again, so important to know yourself and, and to say, no, I don't want to hurt this person. Right. I don't want to cause them undue stress. Um, I want to be kind to them. Because that's how I want to be treated. And yeah, maybe, you know, this was, they did screw up. Or maybe I screwed up. Right. I remember one time um, I, were, I was working closely with an IT um, professional. And um, we would work on projects. And um, we both had our fingerprints on a project. And there was one time I got to the stage where I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, i got to speak to him because things aren't getting done. And, you know, I could feel the annoyance and it's like, okay, pick your time, pick your place. You know, again, this was a really important relationship because mm -hmm. yes. uh, we worked well together and we had a lot of responsibility and, and the, the only way I could deliver what I needed to deliver was, you know, working closely uh, and collaboratively with him. So I picked, I, I was well rehearsed, I was cool, calm and collected and I said, you know, something very, you know, we are not you know, our deliverables are, are, we're not meeting our deadlines um, every time. And I wanted, I expected him to say, oh, I'm sorry, you know, I'll pick up my socks or I'll do this or I'll do that. And he said, well, um, one of the things that I think we need to do differently, Diane, is I think you need to do this. And it was like, oh, my God. Mm. Oh, my God, you're right. Oh, my God, you're right. And I was so relieved that I hadn't come into that conversation with, you know, guns blazing. Right. Because he was right. Mm. And it, it's like every single time I get a, con, a call from a business owner or manager who says, I have a problem employee. I have never been able to, at the end of it all, say, you were right. All of this was the employee's fault. Mm -hmm. There's always a piece that the manager could have, should have done differently. Absolutely. Right. We all have to own and, our piece. Or what, what, what have you contributed to this situation? 
Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so when, you know, when I, I remember when one manager said, you know, this guy's going around telling everybody's getting five weeks vacation. <laughs> and I'm saying, okay, so where would he get that idea? And he said, I don't know. I said, well, do you have any documentation on, you know, vacation entitlement? No, except, you know, um, in the beginning, this organization was affiliated with Catholic Church, and and there was something in that, you know, in that, you know, document that might have given them that idea. But that's like 15 years ago, and mm. I'm saying so. He might still have like this is a a longstanding employee. He might be referring to that old document, and he's saying, "Yeah, oh my gosh," and I said, "Okay." Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so you changed the vacation entitlement, but. You never documented never it. You never made it. sure that he had a copy of that document. Right. Yeah. It's like, right. right, okay. Right. And it's funny. And, and the employee wants, you know, if people want to do things properly. They want to cooperate. They don't want to, you know, they don't want to, you know, mess up. Right. And, and so, you know, one of the first questions is, okay, so where did you get the idea that this was a good idea mm. or that this is the way it was done? Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. It's such a complicated thing because we're such complex people. And, and I'm thinking, mm-hmm. um, you know, if if someone brings a conflict up to you, you as the listener, what is the the best way to receive it? Because it's easily be super entrenched in your ego and, and like I said, be offended or yeah. um, not know how to respond so that they don't get guns a blazing back. So if someone brings a conflict or disagreement up to you, what is the thing the listener should first do? Well, first thing is to breathe. <laughs> um, so there's, there's a lot of different ways to breathe. Uh, one of my favorite is um, you breathe in for four, you hold it for six, and then you breathe out for eight. Yes. And you do this for, you know, three or four times. So you don't get lightheaded. Um, but absolutely, you know, center yourself, ground yourself, um, and 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 then be curious. Mm, be curious. Mm. And, and what and would curios- that, curiosity that, look like for the listener? Well, it's sort of like, you know, help me understand. Mm-hmm. You know, like, again, I come back to hold up the mirror for me because mm-hmm. I can't see myself. You're seeing right. me. Yeah. What, what, you, what are you seeing? What did you hear? Because again, um, you know, so many times it's sort of like, oh, what did I do with that pen? You know, I have the faintest idea what I did with it. Or did I do that? I'm so used to, you know, like that's just part of my habits. Did I do that? And it's sort of like, well, I must have because there it is where it should be. Mm. Um, we say and do things, you know, so automatically. So my yes. habit that, that we can be unaware of what we're saying and doing. Or, even more common, is we justify what we say or what we do. Right. So it's okay for me to say that in maybe a nasty tone because my feelings were hurt when you did that. Right. And mm-hmm. and so because we've justified it, it... it I don't know, for some silly reason, we kind of think it's okay because we've justified why it's, you know, why we, why it is okay mm. to say hurtful things or do hurtful things. Right. Yeah. And, and one of the, yeah, yeah go one ahead. of the things in terms of the ego is <laughs> I, um, the whole inner voice, the inner critic. Yes. Um, I, I 
I quite like the notion that um, when we don't know how to deal with something, um, the the gremlin or the saboteur, or the inner critic, kind of kind of you know stockpiles that that feeling, that uncomfortable feeling. I I didn't know what to do. I don't know how to deal with this. Mm. Um, and unless you examine that, take some time and and examine that and figure that out. Um, the gremlin is going to stockpile and that right. pile bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm. And so the the inner critic voice gets louder. Right. And I always recognize when I need to pause and have a little chat with my inner critic, <laughs> with my gremlin, when I catch myself thinking, oh, my God, that person's driving me crazy. Oh, what is wrong with that one? And, yes. Oh, and that one there. Yeah, they're really annoying me. And so when I stop and say, oh, okay, Diane, you are not surrounded by annoying people. You need you need to take some time mm. and get in touch with what is going on with you because you're the common denominator here, yes. not everybody else. Right. And so when we don't, when we're not aware of that, you know, of that inner critic, I mean, this is, this is the voice that calls us to the lowest right. when we do something stupid mm. that, I'm sorry, I would never let anybody talk to me like that. Right. Never. <laughs> and yet I let myself do it. And this is somebody who I'm with 24 seven. And I, I let, I let that gremlin beat me to a pulp, you know, right. when I've done something stupid, um, yeah, it's just it's fascinating. It, it is that inner voice. So if people don't know what we're talking about, it's that 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 voice that's really linked to your ego. So I often talk about highest self and ego, and I have a spiritual scale in my head that I, you know, this the speed at which I return to my highest self is a sign of my spiritual maturity. And, and it's that, yes. that awareness that I have around that. And I think it's circling back to what we talked about earlier about having this self-awareness. And I always tell people you should name that inner critic and then send her packing, you know, because she will yeah. rule your life and make you think things that aren't really true. And, and it's becoming aware of those two selves within your, you know, the two voices, the one that serves you. And you're so right. The ego will take you to the lowest level always and um, dirty fighter dirty fighter the one that gets offended wants to defend and uh, when you can come from that space of um you know you're coming into the conversation with good intentions that you like you say you care for the person you want to resolve you care to you know wish to resolve the situation um mm. and i i just think that um we are so entrenched in our egos so much of the time you know, how, how do we move people, you know, out of that space so that they become aware that it's okay. As you say, uh, you have a, a seven C's workshop and you say, own the calm. Mm -hmm. Is that mm -hmm. where you're talking about the highest yeah, self you're moving in? What do you mean when yeah. you say you own the calm? So again, when somebody, when somebody says or does something that, um, I disagree with, I can, I can give my calm, give my peace right. away to that person. Mm. So you see me going from cool, calm, and collected to, you know, ripping mad. So where is my calm? Oh, I gave it to that person. So again, the whole notion that if I breathe, if I make good choices, and the good choices are, okay, hold the phone, um, 
let's really figure out what's going on here. Is it because you, you know, woke up four o'clock this morning and, and haven't back, been back to sleep? Like it didn't get a good night's sleep right. or you get a pain in your belly or whatever. Um, own the calm because when we own the calm, our hearing is at its best. Mm. Physiological proof right. that when we are enraged, our hearing goes out the window. But also we make better decisions. Again, physiological proof that when we are upset, when we're stressed, we don't, our decision-making is not optimized. Right. So if I want to make a good decision about this individual who plays a significant role in my life, if I want to make a decision about my relationship with that person, please, please, please don't let me make it. When I am swinging from the chandeliers because I'm so annoyed or angry or tired or stressed or worried or afraid or sick or any of those things, any of those good valid reasons, yeah. please, please, please let me make a decision about this, this important relationship when I'm cool, calm and collected, when I have my peace, mm. when I'm enjoying my peace and when I know what's important to me, I, you know, I'm in touch with my values and my ego is is far away. It it's there. It's sitting in the corner. You can I can't see it. it completely. <laughs> I can see it. I wave. Yes, that's not, what I say. I wave to crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and, and that. But you and, you know you're obviously a highly aware person. That you can you could see the difference, and you can actually purposely separate your ego from your highest self. And I love oh, that you say when you, we hear the best when we are in our peace. That's a fabulous statement because I think that's the piece that goes out the window is that people don't actually hear what we are saying. We mightn't have, yeah. you know, said it perfectly, but we tend, you're true. We, if we get injured in some way, the hearing goes out the window, right? Yeah. And, and how many of us fight about the fight? <laughs> right? True enough. Right? Yes. We start out saying, okay, we've got a difference of opinion here. Oh, of course, we never say it like that. We say, you know, <laughs> you idiot. Uh, and then it's like, well, you know, I didn't like the way you did this or I didn't like the way you did that. And so right. we end up, it's kind of abandoning the, the initial issue. Right. And, and so, yeah, we're often running about, you know, how badly um, you're behaving while we are, quote unquote, resolving our conflict. Mm. Can you speak a little bit more to um, how do we have a healthy relationship with ourselves? So we're talking about this idea of ego. How do we start to create that separation between, you know, pry ourselves out of the cold <laughs> hands of the ego? Or, yeah. you know, I think we need a lot of work around that because you mentioned earlier, uh, you know, how this is related to mental health. And we know the statistics and and that people are struggling more and more with this. And I think it, it, it's true. Everything, the success in our life begins with ourselves. So what would your suggestions be about having a healthy relationship with you? Uh, I th for me, and, mm -hmm. you know, absolutely, personally, um, yeah. it, it's, about, it's about doing the hard work. It's uh, about yes. being aware of what gives me joy. So being present in the moment and, and, you know, on a regular basis, you know, stopping and saying, you know, what am I grateful for? Um, my, my, when I when I um, answer that question, it's usually um, it's about the joy I feel when somebody did this. I'm grateful for the joy I felt when blah blah blah. Um, so it's 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 being in touch with that because again, if 
if I don't know what gives me joy, who the heck does? Exactly. There, you know, really, mm-hmm. uh, nobody can read my mind. And there's right. nobody out there, quite frankly, who cares enough about me to feed me or give me the things that, that give me joy. So I need, I need to be aware of what, um, what I am grateful for. I also need to be aware of the things that I find challenging. Right. And and I need to think about you know why they why they're challenging. So, for a, a good example in my life is um, is the whole money thing. Mm-hmm. You know, so we are we are brought up apparently by the age by by the time we're seven, our feelings, our beliefs, our attitudes about money are pretty much set. Yes, and and so again, if we are not aware of what we believe about money then we're going to be acting out in so many ways that, you know, we're going to get, get away with. But they don't really make sense, and they might be totally um, not in keeping what we're saying is important to us. So if I say, you know, oh, my gosh, you know, one of the things that I value is my family, and then if I'm nickeling and diming my family <laughs> in my relationships, like, oh, I drove you up to the store. Well, you owe me, you know, this many dollars for my gas. Right. I mean, Again, we can have we can have that inner conflict when our beliefs and and our values um, that that we're not aware of are are colliding. Mm, I, th- um, I think that's a so great it's, point. It's 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 knowing knowing what pleases us, knowing being aware of of the deep seated, um, and and again, it's it's like. Women do this. Women are responsible for this. Men are responsible for this. Wives do this. Husbands do this. Siblings do this. So again, when when you see something that doesn't sit well with you, instead of ignoring and and or avoiding and denying that you've been irritated by that, um, spending the time like, okay, what's going on? Why why did I feel uncomfortable when I saw that post on Facebook like Mm. what's going on there Diane what is and and it gives me the opportunity to say right okay I know what's going on and then we come back to I have to let go of that Mm. I have to accept the things I can't change and have to change the things I can right I always say that you should be really aligned with your highest self before you scroll social media (laughs) Because it's the ego reacting, right? Yeah. And you also have to know why I am scrolling social media (laughs) media, and what I'm going to give social media permission to do to my mental and physical health. Right. Mm -hmm. So if if I'm scrolling social media and and I, I come away from it and I am energized, excited, I feel, you know, knowledgeable, I'm looking forward to something that, that an event I just discovered on social media, great. But if I'm walking away from social media and thinking, God, I got a dog's life, I really am not happy because this is what I'm doing. And look at, look at what Valerie is doing. My gosh, I, you know, I want her life. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, I am the only one who can do that to myself. Right. And I'm the only one who, if I truly want Valerie's life, then I better get on with that. Right. Instead of 
you know, letting my ego say, well, you know, blah, 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 blah. You're not enough. Um, uh, you're not, yeah, you don't live she, like she, that. Yes. Yeah. The laundry yeah. list. She, she's made, yeah, she's made better financial decisions than you. What do you expect, Diane? Um, right. Yeah. I mean, it's a whole, whole litany of, right. of yeah, let me beat you up. Right. Um, and I, and I think critic. that's, you made a really good point, you know, especially with around limiting beliefs. I mean, you, you said, you know, for you, it's money. When I think about limiting beliefs, and we talked about earlier, you know, we didn't grow up knowing how to deal with conflict and disagreements. Nobody taught us that. Nobody, no. you know, we just learned what was modeled. Um, and I would say for myself, you know, I would always be considered a nice person. And and I had mm -hmm. a limiting belief that nice people don't create conflict or disagreement. Mm -hmm. You just go mm -hmm. along with it. And, mm -hmm. and I've really sort of discovered that, um, you know, really later in life, that it's okay to be a nice person, a good person, and still be able to participate in conflict. Now, conflict doesn't have to look like screaming, yelling, whatever, but yeah. that you are okay to participate in a conversation where you may have, uh, you know, a difficulty. And so I think this self-awareness is really huge because I noticed one of the testimonials that someone left uh, on your website about um, your course and it says this course is unique it actually helped me come to terms with the conflict I've been wrestling with for 30 years and gave me the skills that I needed to deal with the conflict in a clean direct way without fear of anger towards myself or the other party because what would be typical I, so I really related to this person because if I got involved into a conflict or disagreement whether I wanted to or not I would beat myself up you know, oh, especially if it didn't go yeah. well, you're like, oh, geez, maybe I shouldn't have did that. What? Yeah. You know? And yeah. so I, I think the awareness piece is huge. Um, yeah. One of, one of the things that um, I see light bulbs come on every time I share this information in a workshop or, or just in a conversation right. is um, there, give or take, there are five ways that we respond to conflict. And when we respond to conflict, it's um, the graph. The graph is on a, an XY axis. So the vertical graph is my needs mm -hmm. and, you know, you know, my needs are my assertiveness. And the horizontal graph is really your needs. And the whole intersection is about um, cooperation. So if, I, if my needs really don't matter, and your needs don't matter to me either, then it's very easy for me to avoid or deny there's conflict. Mm. If, on the other hand, my needs don't matter and, and your needs are really important to me, then I'm going to accommodate. And the interesting thing about these five different ways of responding to, to conflict is that sometimes each of these five ways is the perfect way to respond to conflict. Mm. So the whole thing around accommodation, there are some people who are, I would say, you know, oh, that's being a doormat. Um, and that's when I, I would suggest that, they, you know, that's doormat-like behavior when, um, when they overuse that accommodating behavior. In the middle, if my needs are somewhat important to me and your needs are somewhat important to me, then we're going to compromise. And um, compromise is, you know, it's certainly better than accommodating. In some incidents, it's certainly better than, than, than avoid denying. But if, if you're talking to your, your partner and you say, oh, no, 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 black shoes, you have to wear black shoes with that outfit. And your partner says, 
no, no, I think the brown shoes look really good or the silver shoes look really good. If you're compromising, truly compromising, then it means that your partner is going out with one, one brown shoe and one black shoe, mm. which is not a good option. But mm. that would be my definition of compromising. And in some cases, a compromise is the best. If my needs are really, really important to me, and, to, and quite frankly, to hell with your needs, then I'm going to be very directive. Mm. Again, there are times when that's critical. For example, you know, in an emergency situation, right. um, it's important that I say, you call 911 now, rather than, who feels like calling 911? Right. Who, would like, who would like to do that? Um, the fifth way is when um, my needs are as important to you to me as your needs are important to me and that's when we're going to collaborate and when we collaborate I don't win and you lose or you don't win and I lose there's kind of like a new creation of an idea a new creation of a, a, a solution and so everybody wins because it's it's a different or it's better than either of our solutions mm. and the research says we have a favorite way of responding to conflict. So of the five, one of them is our all-time favorite. Mm. And of the five, one is one that we seldom or never use. Right. And again, my best analogy is if I gave you a spoon and said, here's the one utensil you are permitted to use in the kitchen. And you say, great, I'm going to have some yogurt. Perfect, love my spoon. I'm going to have some soup. Perfect, love my spoon. I'm going to have some ice cream. Great, great. And then I hand you a carrot. And you say, I got to peel the carrot with a spoon? Mm. So we go through life not being aware that we, we have kind of pretty much decided we're only going to use right. one way of responding to conflict. Right. Very practical. And then we wonder, we yeah. wonder why it does it, why our conflict resolution isn't working. <laughs> right. We need some better tools. Well, we need to make a decision. So I have a carrot in my hand. What tool am I going to use to peel that carrot? Mm. Or I have a conflict I want to resolve successfully in a loving, kind way. To preserve my relationship with this individual, what tool will I use? Sometimes it's great if I choose to use the avoid-deny. Sometimes I need to accommodate. Mm. Sometimes I need to compromise. Sometimes I need to be directive, and sometimes I need to collaborate. Because there's pros and cons of every one of the five modes. Right. I just need to decide what's the best tool. Mm. So this is a little bit of practicing uh, being in conflict and, and knowing what oh, works. Oh, yeah. Because I, I would yeah. think that we try to avoid conflict, most people, at all costs. Yeah. So we're not very practiced at handling what works and what doesn't work. Well, but, and, and again, the reality is we avoid deny, but we're totally unaware that we're avoiding denying. We just do it. Right. Um, just like a, a knee-jerk reaction. We're totally unaware. So, you know, if we had these special glasses or we had a truth serum and we said, you know, okay, come sit down here. Here's your truth serum. Now, let's talk about all of the conflicts you're avoiding denying. Mm. Well, there's a huge list. Right. <laughs> Some of them, right? Some of yes. them are going to be, yeah, it, yeah, that was a good choice. That was a good way to, to, to respond to that conflict. But this one, this one with your mother-in-law, 
No, 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 no. This is the 15th time she's done that. And it's time for you to, yeah, in the most kind and loving way, have the conversation. Because this is damaging you. This is impacting your Mm. health. It's impacting your relationship with your spouse. It's impacting, you know, so many things. It's impacting your financial health, Mm. your financial security. Like, yeah, you got to stop avoiding denying that this is a conflict between you and this person who plays a significant role in your relationship Mm. or in your life. Mm. Yeah. Boy, if we could get better at this, we would have... Um, better relationships. I think better relationships with ourselves as we, you know, we, we yeah, become, way, you know, more, more ways to handle things in life. Uh, because I think that's what a lot of people are struggling with, struggling with is how to cope, you know, what, how, yeah. how, how to maneuver in life. And especially when you have, have to have difficult conversations. Um, wh- what has become clear to you about creating and maintaining a healthy relationship? Uh, it's a lot of work. <laughs> And if, you know, if, if I'm not well-rested, well-fed, well-slept, um, you know, a good, good social life, lots of laughing, lots of singing at the top of my lungs, all of that good stuff. Mm. Um, and I'm not, if I'm not spending time with myself, if I'm not reflecting, um, then, yeah, this is, this is a really easy, slippery slope. I, you know, I can, I can be as good or as bad as <laughs> anybody um, in terms of dealing with conflict, mm. I slip back into old habits sure. very, very easily. Right. Um, so again, it begin it begins with me. If I want to have good relationships, then I've got to be in a good relationship with myself. I've got my my inner critic, you know, needs to be uh, minimized. Um, I need to keep on top of that. I need to be aware of what I'm, I'm, I'm. The experience that my I'm having where I I don't know how to deal with the situation Mm. um and that's you know that's a really i love that phrase because so many times we just we don't stop and say i don't know how to deal with this Mm. we don't give ourselves any any care right you know any kindness because we don't and it's sort of like we we kind of beat ourselves up because we think you should know how to deal with this you should you should but we don't, and and it, again, we're so hard on ourselves. We're so hard on ourselves. Mm-hmm. And if if our best friend came to us and said, you know, I, this is the situation. I don't know how to deal with it. We wouldn't say, well, suck it up, princess. Right. You know, you should know how to deal with this now. Get on with it. Um, we would be so kind to them, but we're not kind to ourselves. It's so true. And and yeah, it's just. I mean, it's fascinating to me. It is absolutely it is. fascinating. It is. I have a last question for you. What What is the message you most want to convey to people about having healthy relationships? If you had to bottom line it, <laughs> um, I I know from a from a business perspective, from a personal pers- perspective, if I have or when I have a healthy relationship with people who are you know play a significant role in my life, mm. then it's not so hard to have a difficult conversation, mm. and that. Again, you know, when you're in a leadership position and whether you're a leader in your family, you're a leader in your community, you're a leader at work, because um, we're all in leadership positions. Yes. So when we're in that role, um, it's sort of like do yourself a favor, you know, work on your relationships because as a leader, you are going to have difficult conversations. And, and, and the way to have 
much easier or less difficult conversations is to have healthy relationships with the people you're most likely to have difficult conversations <laughs> with. with on a regular basis. Yeah. Mm. Well, thank you for and this. And it's like, you know, that, that, that nurturing, you know, it, it, our relationships are like plants, you know, you got to give them sunshine and you got to <laughs> fertilize them. You got to give them, true. give them water, you know? And, and so we can't say, yeah, I was nice to you. I built, we, we connected, you know, 25 years ago. And so we're good. No, you have to maintain that connection. You have to feed and water it and nurture it. Yes. Feed, feed and nurture relationships with other people. And most importantly with yourself. Yeah. Yes. That, what a, you know, it's a great takeaway. I think, wow, you, you've left a lot on the table, lots to think about, jam-packed episode of tips and, and tricks around having those difficult conversations because, as you have said, everybody is involved with them. We're all human. If you exist and have interactions with other people, unless you're a hermit, you're going to have disagreements or, <laughs> or noises. There's no getting around it. Um, so I thank you for your time today. If people are interested in what you do, what is the best way for them to get in touch with you? Through your website? Yes. Which is? Yes. Um, uh, Diane Wooden, D-I-A-N-E, W-O-O-D-E-N dot com. Um, and there is my email addresses on there. Um, I do have a Diane Wooden Consulting Facebook page, and I'm also on LinkedIn. So any one of those avenues will also um, help you connect with me. Mm. Um, and, you know, I, I love to help people and sometimes, you know, a 15 minute conversation can, um, can help get you started or help get you, pick you up and get you going in the right direction again. Right. And I'm always, always, always happy to, um, yeah, to, to spend time with you, um, and help you get on your way. Mm. Wow. Well, this has been an awesome conversation and I thank you for your time, Diane. You're very welcome. I really appreciate uh, this opportunity. Perfect. Take care. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. That was such a great conversation. If you loved it too, subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Please go to iTunes to rate and review this podcast. And if you want to continue the conversation, connect with Soul Sister Conversations on the Facebook and Instagram pages. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Dana Lloyd Leadership, on Twitter at Coach Dana underscore Lloyd, and of course on LinkedIn. See you next week.